this is the Son of God. What He says is what I must believe. Where He leads is where I must follow. If He says I will be hated of all nations for His namesake, then I will be hated. I dare not set out to be loved by all men. If He says my life may have to endure some deprivation and suffering, if He says the purpose of the Christian church is that I be given in equal measure, I'm to offer my life as a living sacrifice to God, which is my reasonable service. If I am to be poured out that others who are destined for hell might find Him as Lord and Savior, then so be it. This is the Christ that I want. I want the Christ of the Bible. I don't want a homemade Christ. I don't want a lawless Christ. I don't want a Christ as a thief. I don't want a Christ as a murderer. I want the Christ of the scriptures. The Christ of the Holy Bible. The Christ who says, I've got an appointed place for you in my body and in my kingdom, and I will guide you into that place. And in that place, you will live a life that brings honor and glory to my name. I want the Christ. If he sends me to Africa in the mission field, I want the Christ that is walking there and has my name on a pathway to walk with him. Let everyone else lust for power. Let them lust for social wealth. Let them lust for status. Let them vie for the corridors of influence. I want Jesus Christ. All right. Hello, everybody. Today's date is... Today's date is August 20th, 2018. Okay. And we're going to continue on with the Apostle John. And we're going to start with the gospel, just the first 18 verses Mm -hmm. of the gospel of John. And the reason we're going to do this is try to... Try to see the biblical Jesus who who the Messiah really is throughout eternity mm-hmm. so that we know the difference between the Cheez-Its and the phony Christ and you know the false Christ and the Antichrist um, so that we have some foundation of who it is that we actually uh, worship and serve and emulate who our Savior is, who our Messiah is, and that's God made flesh, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to attempt to do. And once again, John John's writings, at least for me, are difficult. Um, they're very spiritual. They're deep. They're layers upon layers. Uh, somewhat it's repetitive as he builds, and it's just, it's just a whole different... Um, you know, culture and mindset and new things that I just, it's not possible for me to know. And, you know, he witnessed all this stuff and he was an eyewitness to the glory of Christ on earth. And I'm sure he, he had some difficulty trying to put that down in writing too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, then you lose something in the translation, you know, of the languages and uh, 2000 years later, yeah, there's there's some degradation of thought there. So it's it's not easy um, for me and my Western culture mind 2,000 years later to try to figure out exactly what's being written here, but to give it a shot mm-hmm. so that uh, we know who the real Jesus is. So I want to entitle this, will the, real, will the Real Jesus Stand Up, right? And that's opposed to the Cheez-Its and the Antichrist and false 
false Christs that are out there. Mm-hmm. So if you'll just read the first 18 verses. Okay. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we have, all, I'm sorry, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And no man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. Okay. And there's a lot there. There's so much there. There's no way we're going to... Touch on everything. Yeah, even break the surface of this. But in the beginning, this is from all time, eternity past of created existence. There's You can't just time immortal, right? Mm-hmm. The word or the logos was with God. That's right. Christ was with God from all time, eternity past. As Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Yes. And I just want to break down the word logos a little bit because that's, you know, it's a tripping point for me because what exactly does that mean? Uh, in the Greek, it's it's something said, including a thought. By implication, it could be a topic, a subject, a discourse, you know. Uh, was Christ the discourse of God? You know, I don't know. It's the reasoning, the mental faculty. Um, it could be the expression you know, mm-hmm. or the intelligence type of thing. So in King James, it's translated word. Oftentimes it's used just like the regular word, like a regular communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is rhema. It's it's hard for me to understand sometimes the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And um, it's translated also as saying or account or speech. But Christ here, the eternal Christ, is referred to as the word mm-hmm. by John. Yeah, and it's almost like the word, the logos, is actually the substance of God himself. The rima is the word that he's actually speaking. 
the actual things that vibrate the ear, mm-hmm. the rima, the actual, okay. Uh, but the word is something that's declared, mm-hmm. uh, manifested to people. Okay. Well, this logos, right, that mm-hmm. we know as Messiah was from the very beginning and it was with God. It was with him, mm-hmm. right? So it's, that word with is separate, okay? It's, it's separate. There's, there's God, which is always considered a father, and then this logos that was with the father. Yet, the next line is, and the word, this logos, was God. So it was with God, but it also was God. Mm-hmm. And this, was an, this is what I mean. I mean, we, you can read the Gospel of John real quick and just go over it real quick and miss all this stuff, but it, this is hard to get your head around. Mm-hmm. To go, well, how can you be with and also be it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. But that's what it was. So the word was God. So it's the manifestation or the expression of God mm-hmm. to others, to us, yeah. to the world. You know, it says in, in the New Testament, too, that in Christ is all knowledge and all wisdom in him. And it harkens back to Proverbs, you know, when, when they're talking about wisdom, the wisdom of God. That the Lord, it says that the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. And I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was when there was no depth, um, depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water before mountains were settled before the hills was even brought forth. And while as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there when he set up set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. That's the logos. Yeah, it is. I mean, no doubt about it. That's what it is. And as hard as it is for me to get my head around that, or even try to, the thing is, I don't want, you can't understand it Mm -mm. on the human level of what exactly that entails or what that is. Uh, You're absolutely right. That is the logos. That's Messiah in eternity past. Right. And and while these things, the beginning of these things that were made that have time, you know, they have a beginning and an end. He was even before that and will be after that where there's eternal, no time. Absolutely. In John 17, 5, he's praying to the Father. And uh, he says, Glorify thou me with thine own self, uh, with, thy, with thine own self, with the glory which I had with mm-hmm. thee before the world was. Mm-hmm. So he declares it. And in verse 24, he's also praying to the Father for his disciples. And... Um, and he says, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty clear. And like you just read in Psalms, biblically, uh, the Logos or our Messiah has existed before time even began. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was with God 
and also was God. Right? Right. So having a conscious, personal existence distinct from God, because he's as, as the person that was with God, but he's also inseparable from him mm-hmm. and associated with him. <laughs> like I just read in John 17, 5. Yeah. You know. Um, and of course, the Father is God. Mm-hmm. And in verse 2, it says, The same, the Logos, was in the beginning with God. Mm-hmm. Once again, you know, it's kind of, it's repetitive. He's the same, the Logos was in the beginning with God. And in verse three, here's where we get to, to kind of really see who Messiah is in the sense of history here about all things. All things, absolutely all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So he's the creator God. The Logos is that manifestation of God that everything was created. Mm-hmm. In Colossians 1.16, it says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Yeah. And later on in verse 10 in this John 1, we'll see that um, he was in the world, the world didn't know him, but the world was made by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, made by him. And there's another one there in uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 6, too. But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. <laughs> Paul's mm. writing is not much clear, more clear than John's. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, we lose something in, in 2,000 years gap. You know, stuff's written 2,000 years. We lose something from the Jewish church the, the Jew, to the Gentiles now, and we lose a lot in translations. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just by the grace of the Holy Spirit that uh, <laughs> we have anything, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really, really hard. So verse three, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And in four, in him was life. Life, life. That's the uh, the, the Zoe, mm-hmm. which is life, the state of being alive. Yeah. So in the Logos, in the Messiah who's existed from eternity past that was with God and is God was life. Mm-hmm. And the life was the light of men. The life was the light of men. And if you recall, when we started doing the letters of John, when we, we first started with 1 John, we talked about Messiah being the eternal life. Mm-hmm. He was the eternal life. Not just, in fact, the, I still remember the title of the first show we did. It was Immortality versus eternal life because there was a big difference between being immortal and having eternal life. They were not one and the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the big difference was that immortality was just living forever. Eternal life was having Christ, Mm 
because mm-hmm. he is eternal life. Right. He existed before everything. That's exactly. And First John 1, 5 says, uh, this is the message that we have heard from him. And we declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Yeah. Yeah. And the life was the light of men. Light of men. So the light there is um, like a light or a fire, a lamp, a heavenly light, you know, uh, that appears to men, Mm -hmm. all men. And it doesn't mean that all men have accepted Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Of course not. But he's available to all men. To all men. That's right, because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Yeah. And all men, all men could seek the true light, you know, and that light is knowledge, integrity, it's an, it's intelligence, it's willing subjection to God, mm-hmm. it's love to Him, uh, wisdom, it's purity, it's, it's holy joy, it's... Um, it's that fountain of original life that's available. Did you read? Did you happen to read Psalms thirty six nine on that? No. Uh, no, but that says, "For with thee is the fountain of life; in thy light we shall see light." Yes, referring to Messiah back in the prophetic Psalms. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a picture of what the real Jesus is like. That's why I'm saying, "Will the real Jesus stand up?" Yeah. And in Psalms 119, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's Jesus right there. That's Jesus. That's Messiah. So that's when you're looking at the real Messiah, the real Jesus, the real biblical Jesus, you're looking at God. You're looking at the logos of God that was with God, that is God, that existed through eternity past and that created all things, Mm -hmm. all things. Kind of hard to be a, um, what do you call it, a um, evolutionary Christian. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they have those. They have those. They're Christians, but they also believe in them. Uh, well, to them, it's not a theory, uh, the theory of evolution. But all things are made through the logos, through a Messiah. It's, it's, that's what the word, that's what the scriptures say. So there's mm-hmm. no debate about that. All mm-hmm. things were made by intelligent design. That's right. By the logos of, of uh, God. So he existed before and he's eternal life. He, he is life, eternal life. That's the power that he gives us when we, when we receive him through faith. Mm-hmm. And that life is light for all men because it's a very dark world. That's right. And this is what John's laying the found. He's building it brick upon brick, see, and and showing you who Messiah is before he comes on scene in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And that then we see John the Baptist come into the the scene, but the Apostle John is laying all of this out prior, so you know exactly who he's talking about. Right. Okay. And the light. Verse five, right? Mm-hmm. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Yep. 
So here's this eternal life that is light to all men, right? Mm-hmm. And it shines in in darkness or this dark fallen world. Mm-hmm. Because all of mankind, all of humanity is sitting in this darkness, in the shadow of death. And without Christ, there's no way to find truth That's right. or holiness or, or any escape out of it. It's, it is a prison planet. Mm-hmm. And in this thick darkness, in this, you know, blindness that Satan has blinded the world with, here comes the light of the world. The light of the word, I should say. He's the light of all men, but he's the light of the word, right? Mm-hmm. And men, if they will accept this, if they will receive this, they can receive the eternal life itself. That's Messiah. That's what he brings. So anything else that's bringing, you know, the prosperity, you know, jets, million dollar houses, money, that, that, that's not that's not Messiah. That's a Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. The real Messiah came to bring light, and through that light, life to the world. That's right. And Jesus said, in this condemnation, this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Oh, yeah. You know, and Jesus even said he, that I am the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Yeah. And in verse 5 it says, And the light shineth in darkness. So that's good, right? If it would end there. Mm-hmm. You say, well, Christ came. Messiah came. He's a creator God. He was with God. He is God. All things exist because he created them. He's the light. He's the everlasting life. And it would it'd be fine if it just ended and the light shineth in darkness and we all go our merry way. Mm-hmm. But here's the, here's the rub. It says, and the darkness comprehended it not. In other words, it did not take it in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just... It rejected <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, it just... Uh, it, it, couldn't, it couldn't understand it. Now, in 1 Corinthians one twenty one, Paul writes, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Mm-hmm. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. They just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's like the word comprehended here. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But it means to, uh, to seize or possess to apprehend, you know, to take. So mm-hmm. mentally, to lay hold of it mentally, to appropriate it, to seize upon it. Uh, the world couldn't do that. The world couldn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. And there's the rub. There, There's the problem, right? Yeah. At verse six, there was a man. Now, now, the apostle John is now introducing John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist. And as he does this, like I said, in his writings, which I find hard to comprehend many times, but nothing's written by accident. He, he, he's building on stuff. And here he's like building to his, uh, you know, his grand thesis. 
for this full statement. And that grand thesis, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do a spoiler alert, is in verse 14. And that grand thesis, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Mm-hmm. And we, he's talking about him and, and the, uh, the apostles that followed Christ. And we, John the apostle, beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. You see, he was with God and, and, and was gone, mm-hmm. the logos of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that is the thesis of the Apostle John as, he's, as he builds. That's what he's going to. He's trying to introduce you to this God who mm-hmm. totally existed, who created everything, who's now walking on the earth in flesh. Wow. Yeah. And that's where the faith comes in. That's what you believe on. Okay? Mm-hmm. So in verse 6, he says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist. And then he says, And uh, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. That's what John the Baptist's purpose was, to bear witness of the light. Yeah, to testify that Jesus is the one that we've been waiting for. Yes. Now, you, you got to remember in the intertestamental period of Israel, after they were taken captive from Babylon, uh, up to this point, they returned to the land under King Cyrus and rebuilt. But up to this point, the prophetic word had been silenced. There was no prophets in the land for 400 years. Uh, keep that in mind. You know, the 400 years between the Testaments wasn't silent. There was a lot of stuff going on. But the prophetic voice was not there. That was that was God's intention. He, I mean, he prophesied that would happen. And so when John the Baptist comes on scene, it's like a big deal because this is the first prophet you've had in 400 years. You know, uh, so it was a big thing. So that's why all the Pharisees and scribes and stuff were asking him if he was the Messiah or the, you know, or the, or Elijah or a prophet, you know, that Moses spoke about. He said, no. And he was there to, to only witness, to testify of the light of the Messiah. That all men through him might believe. And there it is. The John, Bap- John the Baptist came to testify, to bear witness of the Messiah and why, why was that? So that all men through him might believe. Mm-hmm. Faith in Christ. Verse 80 says, he was not that light. John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. Verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Mm-hmm. every man so you can have that enlightening every man can have that enlightening that's why for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes that's the true Messiah mm-hmm. yeah you know what was interesting too is when they were asking John the Baptist are you the prophet you know are you the one that we're supposed to be looking for what not that is because in Deuteronomy, you know, when the Lord was talking about Moses and then he gave a prophecy that said, the Lord thy God will raise up 
unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren like unto me unto him shall ye hearken and then he says um let's see according to all that the desires of the lord thy god in horeb in the day of assembly saying let not hear again the voice of the lord my god neither let me see this great fire any more that i die not and the lord said unto me they have well spoken that which they have spoken at but i will raise up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee and i will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that i shall command him and that's the lord jesus yeah and that's why it was so important you know i mean when the apostle john here is saying john the baptist was not that light only mm-hmm. to bear witness of that light but the 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 uh the jews were expecting this messiah mm-hmm. obviously they rejected him because it wasn't um, <laughs> How they thought he was going to come. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Jesus didn't rise to their expectations of what they thought the Messiah would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were expecting expecting that. And um, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, but you see how how dangerous it is to to um, hold on to the traditions of men. Mm-hmm. You know, because what we may think what we were taught in the past might not exactly be what God had meant. And so you have to have ears to hear what the Spirit says so that if you do hold on to a a tradition that's not what God um, um, initially meant, that you should be able to go, you know what, I can discard that because this is what the Spirit of God is saying. Yeah, that's absolutely, when you're dealing with tradition and because Stuff that's like what that. these people were doing. They were holding on to a tradition that they were being taught. Yeah. And they missed the Christ. A, an interpretation that they had just passed on and on of how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't necessarily true. God's ways, God's ways are not our ways, right? That's right. So we'll continue on. Um, in John twelve forty six. so, you know, in dealing with this light, you know, that says, Jesus says, I am come, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why he's coming. This is, this is what the apostles setting up so that you know who you're, who you're reading about, who you're believing in. And in um, 1628, I came forth from the Father and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. Once again, he's talking about his eternal, his eternal deity. Mm-hmm. Um, eighteen thirty-seven. He's dealing with Pilate. I won't read the whole thing, uh, but Pilate says, "Are you a king?" You know, and this and that. And Jesus says, "To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world." Mm-hmm. First John 4, 9 that we dealt with in the first week, you know, we started talking about the writings of John says, and this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about first Timothy 1, 15? This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. 
So this is the light that shines into the world. Yeah. That people could see that. Verse 10, and was in the world, and the world was made by him. Right? He was in the world that he made. But guess what? This very world that he made knew him not. Didn't know him. That's something? Yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing. Actually created it, but they didn't know him. Yeah. Kind of bizarre. Verse 11, he came unto his own. Was that his own people, right? His own land, his, everything. Came unto his own, and his own received him not. Mm. They didn't receive him. His own people. Like you said about um, traditions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Luke twenty fourteen says, but when the husbandmen saw him, they reasoned among themselves saying, this is the, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. Matthew mm-hmm. 22, 1. And Jesus answered, speaking to them again by parables, you know, and said these things to them. They didn't understand who he was. Mm-hmm. And it's still that way today. Don't understand who he is. But in verse 12, it says, but as many received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's right. And that's that's a big coup de gras right there. So the world uh, didn't believe on him, didn't didn't want to see the light, rejected the eternal life, the eternal creator God. But there were many, as many that did receive him. Now he gives those those people power to become sons of God. Mm-hmm. To, to them that believe on his name, that they believe he came in the flesh, it's God in the flesh. Um, and so you get this sonship. You get this sonship. It's not just a mere title or privilege, but a nature. Mm-hmm. It's the soul being made conscious of, of who you are in, in God. That's right. A child of God, see? And it's not of blood. It's not of, you know, your Illuminati descent or your, mm-hmm. you know, your generation or because you're Jewish or anything like that. It's simply a gift of God. Yep. He was given power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. As many. Mm-hmm. And in verse 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Mm-hmm. That's how you're reborn of God, not for anything anybody else does. And that's how you know the real Messiah also, as opposed to Cheez-Its and, and false messiahs and things like that. There's no working. There's no working for your salvation. Your salvation's a free gift. You become the son of God. Your nature changes because God changes it. Not because, you know, you do ritual. That's right. Anywhere. Well, that's what it comes, you know, when people say, oh, you know, just before I die, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that prayer and get to heaven. Yeah. That's telling us that 
by his own will, he can do this. But it's not. People tend to forget it's the leading of the Holy Ghost. And it's the power of the Holy Ghost that saves us. Yeah, because you can't come. No man comes to the Father except through Christ. The Spirit draws mm-hmm. the people. If you're not drawn, you just can't make that conscious decision. Oh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to just go be a Christian. I'll be okay. It's, um, you can't have fire insurance. There's no fire insurance like that. Yeah, that's you know? why we can't boast before God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And that's the difference between a real Messiah and a phony Messiah, too. Because the phony Messiah will give you uh, fire insurance. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and he was um, a Mormon. Well, we're around a lot of Mormons here, a lot of Mormons. It's Mormon country. Uh, so it's not surprising. He was from Utah, and he was a Mormon. Uh, and in the conversation, uh, he was telling us that I don't know how to say it, but he, you know he wasn't a he wasn't a staunch practicing Mormon. You know, he didn't go to temple every week and do all this stuff. He considered himself Mormon, but he wasn't uh, a real good Mormon, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he, he reached into his shirt and 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 pulled out a you know a piece of his Mormon underwear. You know they. They wear the special Mormon garments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he reached into his shirt and he and he pulled this out and he showed us, and he goes, he goes, I just wear these uh, for fire insurance. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Um, so in his mind, even though he's not a good Mormon and doesn't practice the Mormon religion like he should, he still wears the special undergarments, thinking that'll keep him out of hell. Yeah. And so that's how you know that that's not the right Messiah because there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-mm. You know, he gives you the power to become sons of God. He changes your nature. You don't have right. to wear special undergarments or do these these things. Um, so that's, that's the real Jesus standing up. Um, that's right. Verse 14, and this is, the, this is the thesis here. And the word, the logos was made flesh. That everything John is just writing about building up about the Messiah, he now tells you this very deity that existed before all time, that created everything, that was with God and was God, and he's eternal life, and he's the light of the world, that that deity I'm talking about has become flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us. He, he, Christ was here. God was here. On this earth. That's right. It looked just like us. He, and was, he, was, he was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, is what yeah. scripture says. Yeah. Prophesied in the Psalms. And in parentheses, John says, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. See how he's begotten? He comes out of the Father. He emanates the Logos in the parentheses. Full of grace and truth. And that's what John's trying to get to here. This is, he's introducing you to the real Messiah. And in verse 15, it says, John bear witness of him. This is John the Baptist, uh, John the Baptist, by the way. John the Baptist bear witness of him, the Logos, the one made flesh, and cried saying, 
This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And John's bearing witness to this. Mm -hmm. It's not me. I'm not the prophet. I'm not the great guy. This one is. And you know what? Notice that he said, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, um, for he was before me. Mm -hmm. But it was, um, I don't know if it was this scripture or not, but it was actually um, God himself, the Father, that told him when the uh, Spirit lights on him. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. The Gospel of John, I think it's just as you read down the verses, it says... uh, it's kind of what he bear witness. He bear mm-hmm. witness of the, the Holy Spirit, you know, lighting right. on him. And the other gospels actually have the the uh, the Spirit descending on him at the baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that's cool. Yeah. In verse sixteen, he says, "And of His fullness have all we received, and grace for grace, mm-hmm. or in other words, grace upon grace, His fullness." Is all we receive is fullness. All we have to do is faith in it. It's grace and truth, right? Mm-hmm. It's grace upon grace. Um, like in successive communications and larger major measures, um, as each was able to take in. Mm-hmm. Okay, grace, grace, and verse seventeen. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That's the true Messiah. The law came by Moses. See, the law elicits um, the consciousness of sin. It reminds you of sin and the need for redemption because no one, no man could keep the law. It, it, only pointed to what what Christ would do. But when Christ comes, it actually gave you power from above to live the law. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, in Romans 6, 14, Paul writes, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. That's right. And that's why Paul calls the Old Testament a shadow of what was to come. Mm-hmm. Well, he calls the New Testament substance. Right? Mm-hmm. In Colossians 2.17, he says, which are a shadow. He's talking about the law, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. That's right. In Psalms 57, it says, I will cry unto God, most high unto God, that performs all things for me, and he shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. And God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. And that's Christ. That's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. His mercy and his truth. Yeah, the Old Testament uses mercy. The New Testament uses grace, you know, for the same concept. Yep. You know, God's grace does give you mercy. See, it's his, it's his mercy that he gives you a way out of this. In verse 7, uh, I'm sorry, for uh, in 18, it says... Um, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So no one or no one in the widest sense here on earth 
has ever seen God, you know, gazed at him or anything. But the begotten one, our Messiah, um, is in the bosom of the Father. It's like his conscious existence, uh, distinct from the Father and expressing his immediate and most endeared access to the Father, but he's absolutely acquainted with him also. Mm-hmm. See? And he declared him. He declared him. And that's the real Messiah. That is the real biblical Messiah. Because only Messiah can actually declare God because he's the only one that was with him Mm -hmm. since the beginning. And Jesus even said that, Very verily I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. And that's who he really is. And that's when you believe on him that God became flesh and did redemptive work on the cross, a propitiation for your sins, and his work uh, atones you for your sins, justifies you, gives you right standing before the Father, and sanctifies you for eternal life. That's your Christian doctrine. And that's what we hold on to. And then that's why you, you can recognize then the Antichrist doctrines, those that are opposing and those that are pseudo and phony. Mm-hmm. And that's why in the epistles of John, you know, John's, the, the, his teaching and everything, he even says that, that we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Yeah. They testified of it. John the Baptist, the apostles, they were witnesses to that. It was set up for that so that they could witness it and document it. By two or more witnesses, a thing is established, mm-hmm. according to the scriptures. And that's why these things were written for our benefit. That's why we as Gentiles, 2,000 years later, can then read these things and um, decipher the testimony of what they're talking about, mm-hmm. as difficult as it is sometimes. <laughs> All right? That's right. I have nothing else to add unless you do. Uh, the only thing is that one scripture in John 17, it says, and this is Jesus, that I have declared unto them, he's speaking to the Father, I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it, that the love wherein thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Amen. That's good. So let's end it there. Okay. Ciao, babies. Ciao, babies.